um, this is probably not kosher, it's probably not professional, but I don't really care. Um, so just ignore me for a second, because um, there's a lady watching me from 6,000 miles away who's my mommy. Mom, I love you so, so much. Your granddaughters are here this morning. I love you so much. You're the coolest chick in the world outside the brown chick I'm married to. Well, Mom, I love you. Have a fantastic Easter. I know it's nearly your bedtime because it's 6 o'clock at night, so get yourself to bed after you had dinner. <laughs> Love you very much, guys. Hey, welcome to Crossroads this morning. Thanks for joining us. If it's your first time, welcome. Second, third time, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Yes, Shannon already gave it away. There is donuts in the box, and you'll find out in a minute. And then, who would like a donut? You're pathetic. Like, that's a crispy... That, okay, they don't believe me, Shannon. There's actually real crispy cream. Okay, there, thank you. Gosh, what a hard crowd this morning. Wow. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Um, it's a privilege to be here. A uh, friend of mine, Paul Clark, back home. Paul, you can interpret for my mother because I don't speak Irish anymore, so you'll have to help her know what the language is. So love you, Paul. Thanks so much. Hey, we're finishing up our series um, in reference to God, the Holy Spirit. We've been kind of talking about that for a few weeks and kind of walking through the process. Uh, one of the themes, though, or kind of the thread that we've kind of constantly came back to is one I want to just mention this morning as we transition into today was this. It's, it's God amongst us, God with us, and that God wants to be in us. And that God wants to work through us. And here's the truth. To be honest, um, it doesn't get much better than that. If you're looking for the coolest person in the world to be in your life, God's the guy. Uh, in all forms, that's the person to let rehab in the center of your life. He's the person who will never leave you. His person will always be there. Never breaks promises. Always keeps them. Um, of all the people in the world, though, you probably should be highly beneficial to get no is actually him because Jesus said so. Jesus kind of went off and says, hey, I'm going to go. Before I go, I want to leave somebody with you and you should connect with him in a really kind of cool way because he'll walk with you and talk with you and guide you. And that's the Holy Spirit. Over the last few weeks, we talked about, I don't know your background, but that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it or a thing. All right? Some people's background, that's kind of that because I don't understand it's this kind of thing or it. He's actually a person with a personality. Um, in that heart. We also talked about this. They wants to be your BFF. Oh, that's it. Like, you're the most... Okay, you need a donut now. Okay, like, seriously. Like, I, I've listened to... Guys, we're pathetic at this, but ladies are really good at it. They always talk about their BFF, that they knew since they were this tall to a grasshopper, and they went to school and went to prom and, and then got married and had kids and did the whole life, and they just talk about this person that's always been there. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to be your BFF. Can I hear an amen, please? Where is Gary Pitchford when you need him with his coffee? Like, seriously, if Gary gets some coffee, but that's seriously, he wants to be your BFF. He wants to be your friend. We all want one of those people, okay? And here's the thing we talked about. We said, he doesn't just want to be near you. Actually, wants to be in you. Not just walk alongside of you, but actually dwell within you and do life with you in that crazy way. Why? Because he so desires to come and fill our lives with power, no matter what's going on. Not just on a good day. He's not just a good friend on a good day. He's the best friend every day. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, he wants to be there for you. What for? So we can live in a way that we've been designed to live, radically free. I hear people constantly like, I'm just not happy. I'm just not happy. Well, if you connected with the Holy Spirit, it blew your mind. In the midst of difficult times, you would show up and do something radical in your life on a normal. You wouldn't even have to come to a building to do it. I mean, duh. You could just let me do it in the bathroom. In your, all the religious people are like, what? 
the Holy Spirit hangs with me. He's seen me naked. Wow, it's a high... David, thank you. Like, Holy Spirit, like, don't say that. I am sorry, 24-7. He never leaves me. Thank you. Somebody's out. Okay. Anyway, throughout the whole series, though, we kind of referenced this, that God the Son, Jesus was filled with and led by the Holy Spirit right after his baptism into all that laid ahead of him. And he wants to do the same for us. What might something like that, though, maybe look like for us as people? I think that's a great question. It's kind of like having your own personal GPS fitted on the inside. Whether you're here in person or watching online, God wants you to have a GPS system on the inside that guides you on a continual basis. I want to tell you about a young lady who um, has and does model the idea of being spirit-filled and spirit-led in an incredible way. When she was in her early 20s, she had an opportunity to date a really nice guy who had a great future in the military. She's going to head off to the military school, become a military officer, and do the whole military officer life thing, which is really cool. But as she interacted with this young man, she discovered that he didn't have or didn't want to have a personal relationship with Jesus because that's a choice, right? So she felt led by the Holy Spirit that was leading and GPSing her life, as it were, to say thank you, but no thanks to the young man because her desire was to have someone, that guy who loved Jesus and wanted to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in his life just like in her life because for her, being spirit-led and spirit-filled was a non-negotiable crazy, right? Maybe not. She decided to live her life from a place of being led by an internal GPS system, the Holy Spirit, regardless of what might lie ahead of her or irrespective of the personal cost in her life. She made a decision to put Jesus, let the Holy Spirit lead her and guide her. She easily gave up her securities to follow the Holy Spirit's leading away from everything she had ever known to an unfortunately hostile environment towards her type. Yes, yeah, she's a type. What type? She's an American. And she's permatanned at that. She's a rock star because of her relationship with the Holy Spirit. Her internal GPS system fired up big time when her husband is asked to leave everything he knows behind and move to the States. She simply and gently said these words. Yes. Hey, baby. It's a trust issue. God's got this. I am all in with you to do whatever the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. In life-threatening situations, she blows her husband's mind with how naturally she leans towards her internal GPS system, the Holy Spirit, when things seem to be against the wall as she faces death and our family members and her family face death. She gladly gives up some resemblance of security when the Holy Spirit, that internal GPS in her life, her security, her comfort, her guide, her counselor, some of the things we've talked about over the last few weeks, leads her family to a new state to start all over again. For her, her alignment to an internal personal GPS within her is a simple way to constantly track back to true north like a compass. Have the picture, please, if you have it, buddy. What's that person's name? She's the hottest, sexiest Filipino chick babe in the world. My wife, Andrea. People are like, you shouldn't say that in church. I am sorry. If you're going to go to heaven and you're going to be in the Irish section, you better get used to it. 
See, Jason's kind of, Jason's actually, he wants to be Irish, but he's not. But I want to take him to heaven with me. And in the Irish section, Jason will be with me and I'll kind of sign him in. You think that's not, that's actually true, right? See, Andrea is spirit-filled and spirit-led. Please hear me right now. She is spirit-filled and she is spirit-led, but she's not weird. Okay, it's all quiet in this room now. Okay, never mind. But she's greatly grounded in her relationship with Jesus through the relationship she has with the Holy Spirit. But she's not a weirdo. She's just brown, sexy, and my wife. Woo! That got you going anyway. That's the person who, for me, truly presents what it means to have a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. When things are difficult, she leans into him. When things are good, she leans into him. When decisions or challenges come along, she she leans into him. It's not just a Sunday fix for an hour and a half for her. It's 24-7. This morning, she's up spending time with Jesus, asking him to intervene in your life today. Not because she has to, because she wants to. See, we shared these scriptures over the last few weeks in John 16. It says this, but here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager... Comforter, helper, guide, counselor, friend are all different names of the personal GPS, the presence of the Holy Spirit within each of us will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you and he will dwell within you. God's personal positioning system. See, God has a plan for you and I that will blow our minds if we invite him to be in control. It's really simple. It's a trust issue. That simply starts with a yes. It's a trust issue that simply starts with a yes. In this new season, who or what will you and I choose to place our trust in? See, a personal GPS called God the Holy Spirit is there to help us through every moment we might have to face in life, good or challenging, etc. As he, the Holy Spirit, was with Jesus, he wants to be with us. And it's not weird and religious. He just wants to be in you and lead you and guide you. Just ask Andrea. From 20 years old, it was all good, and yet something spoke to her heart and her spirit, and she went, no, I want better. Yo, baby, she got better. Take a look at this. Take a look at this specimen. Woo! Oh, stay, stay. Don't get carried away, Krispy Kreme. Just you stay right there. Okay, don't. See, when you let the Holy Spirit lead you, you end up with something like this. You're like, can you really say that in church? Take a chill pill. Relax. Breathe in. See, he helps when we can't see the next step. But we can trust that he does. It's a trust issue that simply starts with a yes. Hebrews 11 says this. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. My goodness. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors, set them above the crowd. They weren't just people that talked about it. They were people that engaged in applying their faith and allowing God to do something with it. It helps when our culture says one thing and then Jesus says another. In Matthew, it says this. However, I say to you, love your enemy. Ouch. 
Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. You tried that lately? Because that's what the Holy Spirit leads us into. What does a spirit-filled life and a spirit-led life maybe look like? Oh, as we arrive at this Easter season, it's the personal GPS Holy Spirit system that had filled and led Jesus' life that lead him to these moments we're going to talk about today. See, we could talk about all day about the different moments through Jesus' life. In fact, his whole life are highlights of the power and presence of a personal GPS system in his life. It was the Holy Spirit. For one is, he's in a situation, I don't know if you read the Bible, it's the coolest book in the world, it's full of really funky, fantastic, wonderful stuff, but there's a crazy story in there where I know for me, um, my mom hasn't been well for a long time, and it might be time. shortly for her to go home. And if I get the call today, I'll be on the plane tonight. If that's what happened, and I love you, chick. I'd be on the plane today. But Jesus' story, because of the internal GPS, his friend Lazarus dies, right? Which is an Irish name for Bobby. Um, Anyway, um, but he dies, right? Now, you would think he would like... But he waits four days. Four days. Why? Because God wants to do something amazing, right? If he'd have went right away, they saw he was asleep and he wasn't really dead. But four days in, he stinketh, right? His physical body is decaying. And so he waits four days. Why? Because the Holy Spirit tells him to. The Holy Spirit has his internal GPS. He doesn't do anything without being directed to do so. And then he ends up four days later. You read the story, it blows your mind because he calls him back and Lazarus comes out and goes, hey, look at this. I'm alive. And away we go with this incredible story. Or a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. Jesus is surrounded by people, just a throng of people. And she fights her way through the crowd. And she grabs the edge of his garment. And Jesus goes, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Look, I know you're Jesus, but like seriously, did there's a whole crowd. Everybody's touching you. And he goes, no, 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 no. Somebody came to touch me. Who touched me? Why? The power of the Holy Spirit goes out of him. And in that instance, he senses the situation and what's going on. See, it's a trust issue that simply starts with a yes. The disciples out in the lake and Jesus walks in. We don't even have to ask if that's the Holy Spirit. Anybody walked on water lately? Go home this afternoon and try it in your pool. Make sure it's warm. Make sure you see the bottom. Put some floaties on. You'll be good to go. <laughs> but Jesus doesn't do this. It's a storm. And he heads out. And he's empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk to them. And a whole story ensues for that situation on. See, you guessed that it. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus' whole life was led by a personal GPS within him called the Holy Spirit. But here's the two moments that stand out to me. I've had the privilege to go to Israel a couple of times. And there's a picture here of the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, I remember when I first went, I sat down on the path and just thought about what actually took place the moment that Jesus found himself here. I'd like to give you a snapshot. It's where Jesus prayed on the night of his betrayal and arrest. According to the record in Luke, it says this. Jesus' despair in Gethsemane was so deep that he sweated drops of blood. I guess that would be classed as being stressful. Literally, he is sweating, sweating blood. How powerful 
is a personal GPS. Try these words on for size. Find in Mark. He, Jesus, prayed Abba, an endearing statement. My Father, all things are possible for you. Please remove this cup of suffering, Jesus' personal desire. Here's where the GPS cuts in. Yet what I want is not important. For I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Holy Spirit leading to stay here and see it through to the end for Rob or for anybody else that needs me to. It's a pressure situation. It's a pressure cookie. My blood is seeping through my skin because of the pressure. But Dad, I'd like to stay here and see the plan and the process through that you have for me. See, a personal GPS is God, the Holy Spirit, empowered Jesus to make an incredible decision greater than you and I could ever, ever imagine possible. It always starts as a trust issue. It simply starts as a yes. Why? Because he had you and I in mind. Yeah, you. In Hebrews 12, it says this. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation Unto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this because his heart was focused on the joy, what joy? Of knowing that you and I would be in relationship with him. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. First situation for me where the power and presence of a personal GPS system blows your mind. Second one is the death of Jesus on the cross. What does the fruit of a life spirit-filled and spirit-led look like? Luke 23 says this, while they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over and over and over and over again. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Father, forgive Robert. Father, forgive Aaron. Father, forgive Andrea. Father, forgive Shannon. Father, forgive Dave. Anna, put your name in the place. Father, forgive them because they don't know what to do. What he should have done if he had been Irish, which he is, and we snuck him in anyway, but he would have went, come here. Come close. Come close. Come close, everybody. And then he went, Daddy, fry them all. <laughs> Isn't that what we do when someone ticks us off or hurts us? We hold a grudge. We keep it. We kind of, how do I pay them back? That's not what the GPS does to them for Jesus. It stirs him over and over and over again as they're nailing him. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. See, Jesus was more interested in his dad's plan than his own's plan because of you and I. Do you know the biggest pain that Jesus was? to experience wasn't the beatings, it wasn't the thorns, it wasn't the scourging or the rejection. The biggest pain that he was about to experience was separation from his father. That had never happened up to that moment and would never happen again. But in that moment, the price, the guidance of the GPS system was to guide him to a place where he and the Father would be separated for the first time in eternity and never again. In that moment, that's the greatest pain he experienced was separation in relationship from the Father. Jesus simply said yes 
to the guidance of a personal GPS system living inside of him. Yeah, you guessed it. It's a trust issue that simply started with a yes. See, it was a trust issue in the garden for Jesus. He said, yes, I will be done, not mine. I will stick with the GPS system that brought me thus far. It was a trust issue on the cross, a yes. Father, forgive them if they don't know what they're doing. I will stick with the GPS system that brought me thus far. It's always a trust issue that begins with a simple, yes, try this one on for size. Romans 8 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Do you know that Jesus trusted that the Holy Spirit would do what needed to be done when he said yes and died for you and I? Because you do know that Jesus was actually dead, right? He actually died. And he went to a place. And the only reason he came back is he was brought back by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in the situation. Because the word says the Holy Spirit brought Jesus back to life, not Jesus. It was the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that all of a sudden changed everything. It went from dark Friday to really bright Sunday. All of a sudden, everybody gave up on Friday. It didn't go our way. What's going on? And then Sunday morning, I think, oh, I should have paused for a second and waited. If I'd have shut my mouth and just listened, it would have all been fine. And I wouldn't like, like, like I can't say that word in church. Anyway, I wouldn't look that way, right? Where does a spirit-filled life start from? It's a trust issue that simply starts with a yes. Will I, will I not choose to trust that Jesus is the one who can make my life right? That he can wash me and make me clean, the one who can lead me into a reset. I don't know if you know, but the reset button is actually in the Bible. Do you need a fresh restart today? You have the button, please, buddy. Thanks. Do you need a fresh restart today to experience the power of, yes, it's actually, the, the people who ever made this actually took it from the Bible. They just kind of left some stuff. Right? Let me read it to you. It's in Lamentations. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every month. No. Every week. Every morning. You need to read. Can go back to the button? You need to push that button today, this week. Go ahead and do it because Jesus wants to help you do it. And he won't rip you off for it. He just wants to at last to reset on a daily basis over and over and over and over and over again. We get to reset in his presence. We get to start afresh. We get to redirect our life, GPS our life back to true north as it were. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. See, it's the most important decision we'll ever make. Who will be Lord and who will be Savior of my life? You got a mic? You got a mic? No. There you go. Who will be Lord and Savior of my life? And who will you invite to guide your life? This young lady, lady wrote a devotional this last week online on 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 her Instagram or side gram or whatever they call that gram thing. Because I'm like 57 years old and she's like a teenager and I just go here, fix my phone and I turn this on. She's like, whatever, mommy. You know, that's what they do, right? But she posted this week on Twitter, right? No? I don't have a 
Twitter. Doesn't have a Twitter. Ready to go. Twitter, media, whatever it is. But she posted this this week. I was going to read it. But that would actually be taking away the power of who wrote it. I want to sit back and listen to what she has to say. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, so just to kind of introduce um, what I'm reading. So with him talking about saying yes, about a week ago, I was talking to a friend, and I was just reminded of um, what we can expect from saying yes to Jesus, because sometimes our expectations can be a little wonky. So writing kind of helps me process. So I wrote, I was very sober today as I was reminded talking to a friend of what it is that we say yes when we say yes to following Jesus. It is tempting to believe we are saying yes to a life where our every dream and fantasy is fulfilled because we serve a generous God. It is tempting to expect our lives will become easier because we serve a God who fights for us. It is tempting to think that we will get what we want when we want because we serve a gracious God who cares about our desires. It is tempting to think the world will be kinder to us now that we have come under the protection of a good and sovereign God. But we should not expect these things as a result of following him, even though he is generous, gracious, good, and sovereign. This is not what we are saying yes to. The thing we can expect the moment we give Jesus our lives and what we are saying yes to is death. When I said yes to, a, when I said yes to Jesus, I didn't say yes to a happier, easier life. I actually said yes to a much more costly way of living because now I have chosen to die to myself every day. I didn't say, Jesus, come into my life and make it better. I said, Jesus, you now have my permission to kill me. A life in Christ isn't about getting your way all the time and becoming mad and offended at God when he's not giving you something he never even promised you in the first place. When you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to dying to yourself and giving up your way and your timing so that his will can be done. And through that process, you end up looking more like Christ to a dying world that is desperate for an encounter with him. Your life in Christ is not about you. It's about him. And the craziest thing about it is that the moment you say yes to death is the moment you start to come alive. Um, and I just wanted to add um, a couple verses to go along with this. So um, I'm just reminded of when Paul says that he... Um, was crucified with Christ, and it's no longer he who lives, but Christ lives in him. And the life that he now lives in the flesh, he lives to faith, um, to the Son of God who loved him and gave himself, gave himself up for him. Um, and I just think of Jesus choosing to die and how he set that example for us when we say yes to Jesus. We choose to die just like Christ chose to die and give up his spirit. He wasn't overcome by death and overcome by Satan. He chose to give up his life, and he chose to die for us. Um, and what a privilege it is for us to say yes to dying to ourselves every day. Like John the Baptist said, he must become more, I must become less. So every day I have to remind myself when I wake up, what are my expectations? What am I saying yes to when I say yes to Jesus? Is it that I'll have a happy, fluffy, nice, happy life where nothing wrong will ever happen to me because I serve a good God? That's, that's not what I can expect anymore. And the moment that I said yes to death, when I gave Jesus my life, I started to come alive. And it's this, like you were talking about, Shannon, like a reversal. When you choose to say yes to death is when you come alive. And it's amazing how God works in that way. He's just so much wiser than we are.
The craziest thing about it is that the moment you say yes to death is the moment you start to come alive. When you let me go, Lord, I'm willing to lay it all down is when you let me become alive in him. I don't know for you um, how much Bible you enjoy or, or read or whatever, but I know for me, one of the verses that has been a part of my life since I was a teenage boy when I discovered that Jesus actually liked me and wanted to have a relationship with me, and all I had to do was say yes, and it was simply a trust issue. I say yes to whatever you want from my life, and I'm going to trust you to lead and guide me. It was John 3.16. It says this, For here is the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world. Thank goodness for that, right? But to be its savior and to rescue it and to rescue us. See, we come alive by invitation, but it's only your personal invitation that you have to choose to say yes. I'm going to ask the sexiest, most cutest, permatan chick in the world who I happen to be married to, my wife Andrea, join me a second, please. Before Andrea um, reads this, I'm going to ask you to sit back, close your eyes, don't get distracted by somebody else, don't get uncomfortable, if you can, and listen to the story and inject yourself into the story and see what you would say, because all of a sudden this is going to come into light, what it actually means, sweetheart, go for it, baby. There was a certain professor of religion named Dr. Christensen who taught at a small college in the western United States. Dr. Christensen taught the required survey course in Christianity at this particular institution. Every student was required to take this course his or her freshman year, regardless of his or her major. Although Dr. Christensen tried hard to communicate the essence of the gospel in his class, he found that most of his students looked upon the course as nothing but required drudgery. Despite his best efforts, most students refused to take Christianity seriously. This year, Dr. Christensen had a special student named Steve. Steve was only a freshman, but was studying with the intent of going into seminary for the ministry. Steve was popular, he was well-liked, and he was an imposing physical specimen. He was now the starting center on the school football team and was the best student in the professor's class. One day, Dr. Christensen asked Steve to stay after class so he could talk with him. How many push-ups can you do? Steve said, I do about 200 every night. 200? That's pretty good. Dr. Christensen said, do you think you could do 300? Steve replied, I don't know. I've never done 300 at a time. Do you think you could? Again, Dr. Christensen uh, again asked Dr. Christensen, well, I can try, said Steve. Can you do 300 in sets of 10? I have a class project in mind, and I need you to do about 300 push-ups in sets of 10 for this to work. Can you do it? I need you to tell me you can do it, said the professor. Steve said, well, I think I can. Yeah, I can do it. Dr. Christensen said, good. I need you to do this on Friday. Let me explain what I have in mind. Friday came, and Steve got to class early and sat in the front of the room. When class started, the professor pulled out a big box of donuts. They weren't the normal kinds of donuts. They were the extra fancy, big kind, with cream centers and frosting swirls. Everyone was pretty excited it was Friday, 
the last class of the day, and they were going to get an early start on the weekend with a party in Dr. Christensen's class. Dr. Christensen went to the first girl in the row and asked, Cynthia, do you want, one, do you want to have one of these donuts? Cynthia said yes. Dr. Christensen tur then turned to Steve and asked, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Cynthia could have a donut? Sure. Steve jumped down from the desk to do a quick 10. Then Steve sat again in his desk. Dr. Christensen put a donut on Cynthia's desk. Dr. Christensen then went to Joe, the next person, and asked, Joe, do you want a donut? Joe said, yes. Dr. Christensen asked, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Joe can have a donut? Steve did 10 push-ups, and Joe got a donut. And so it went down the first aisle. Steve did 10 push-ups for every person before they got their donut, and down the second aisle, till Dr. Christensen came to Scott. Scott was on the basketball team, and it and in as good condition as Steve. He was very popular and never lacking for female companionship. When the professor asked, Scott, do you want a donut? Scott's reply was, I can do my own push-ups. Dr. Christensen said, no, Steve, has to do them. And then Scott said, well, I don't want one then. Dr. Christensen shrugged and then turned to Steve and asked, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Scott can have a donut he doesn't want? With perfect obedience, Steve started to do his 10 push-ups. Scott said, hey, I said I didn't want one. Dr. Christensen looked at his, Dr. Christensen said, look, this is my classroom, my class, my desks, and these are my donuts. Just leave it on the desk if you don't want it. And he put a donut on Scott's desk. Now, by this time, Steve had begun to slow down a little. He just stayed on the floor between sets because it took too much effort to, to be getting up and down. You could start to see a little perspiration coming out around his brow. Dr. Christensen started down the third row. Now the students were beginning to get a little angry. Dr. Christensen asked Jenny, Jenny, do you want it? Sternly, Jenny said no. Then Dr. Christensen asked, Steve, Steve, would you just do 10 more push-ups so Jenny can have a donut that she doesn't want? Steve did 10, and Jenny got a donut. By now, a growing sense of uneasiness filled the room. The students were, bring, were beginning to say no, and there were all these uneaten donuts on the desk. Steve also had to really put forth a lot of effort to get these push-ups done for each donut. There began to be a small pool of sweat on the floor beneath his face. His arms and brows were beginning to get red because of the physical effort involved. Dr. Christensen started down the fourth row. During his class, however, some students from other classes had wandered in and sat down on the steps along the radiators that round down the sides of the room. When the professor realizes he did a quick count and saw that now there were 34 students in the room, he started to worry if Steve would be able to make it. Dr. Christensen went on the next person, and the next, and the next. Near the end of the row, Steve was really having a, hard time, a rough time. He was taking a lot more time to complete each set. A few moments later, Jason, a recent transfer student, came, in the room and was about to, came to the room and was about to come in. When all the students yelled at one voice, no, don't come in, stay out. Jason didn't know what was going on. Steve picked up his head, picked up his head and said, no, let him come. Professor Christensen said, you realize that if Jason comes in, you will have to do two 10 push-ups for him. Steve said, yes, let him come in, give him a donut. Dr. Christensen said, okay, Steve, I'll let you get Jason's out of the way right now. Jason, do you want a donut? Jason, new to the room, hardly knew what was going on. He said, yes, give me a donut. Steve, will you do pen, 10 push-ups so Jason can have a donut? Steve did 10 push-ups very slowly and with great effort. Jason, bewildered, was handed a donut and sat down. Dr. Christensen finished the fourth row and then started 
on the visitors seated by the heaters. Steve's arms were now shaking with each push-up and a struggle to lift himself against the force of gravity. Sweat was profusely dropping off his face, and by this time there was no sound except his heavy breathing. There was not a dry eye in the room. The very last two students in the room were two young women, both cheerleaders and very popular. Dr. Christensen went to Linda the second to the last and asked, Linda, do you want a donut? Linda said very sadly, no, thank you. Professor Christensen quietly asked, Steve, would you do 10 pushes so that Linda can have a donut she doesn't want? Grunting from effort, Steve did 10 very slow push-ups for Linda. Then Dr. Christensen turned to the last girl, Susan. Susan, do you want a donut? Susan, with tears flowing down her face, started to cry. Dr. Christensen, why can't I help him? Dr. Christensen, with tears of his own, said, no. Steve has to do it alone. I have given him the task, and he is in charge of seeing that everyone has an opportunity for a donut, whether they want it or not. When I decided to have this party this last day of class, I looked at my grade book. Steve is the only student with a perfect grade. Everyone else has failed a test, skipped a class, or offered me inferior work. Steve told me that when a player messes up in football practice, he must do push-ups. I told Steve that none of you could come to my party unless he paid the price by doing your push-ups. He and I made a deal for your sakes. Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Susan can have a donut? As Steve very slowly finished his last push-up, with the understanding that he had accomplished all that was required of him, having done 350 push-ups, his arms buckled beneath him and fell to the floor. Dr. Christensen turned, to the, turned the room and said, and so it was that our Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross, pled to the Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, with the understanding that he had done everything that was required of him. He yielded up his life. And like some of those in the room, many of us leave the gift on the desk uneaten. Two students helped Steve up off the floor to a seat, physically exhausted but wearing a thin smile. Well done, good and faithful servant, said the professor, adding, not all sermons are preached in words. Turning to his class, the professor said, my wish is that you might understand and fully comprehend all the riches and grace and mercy that have been given to you through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all of us now and forever. forever. Whether or not we choose to accept his gift to us, the price has been paid. Wouldn't you be foolish and ungrateful to leave it laying on the desk? I don't have physically Jesus here, but I actually have a friend who represents him really well. And this is not a joke. Aaron, come here a second. See, I know, I know he would stay here all day and do every single push-up that you need to get a donut. So give me 10. If I asked him to do it again, he would. And if I asked him to do it again, he would. And if I asked him to do it again, he would. And if I asked him to do it again, he would. And if I asked him to do it again, he would. And if I asked him to, 
because I got a ballpark number. There's about 100 to 120 of you in the room. He would give me 1,200 push-ups. You don't think so? He would. Because he understands because there's a GPS living inside of him that guides his every step and every move. And if the GPS inside of him told him to stay and do it, it might take him until tomorrow morning for breakfast. Because I don't know how many of you could do that many push-ups. He did 10 for me because I couldn't. <laughs> I'd have got one and it had been <laughs> one-ish. And Aaron would have said, no, not on your knees, straight-legged. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. When, how, why, what, who, you. Whether you're watching online or in person in this place, every day Jesus invites us on an adventure. It's not a trip where he sends us on a rigid itinerary. He simply invites you and I, and then leaning over to us, he simply whispers, let's go do that together. Let's go take this journey together. I don't know where you're at this morning, those watching online, those here in person. I don't want to assume anything. I'm going to close the service here in a second. Thank you for your time. But do me one favor in closing. We just, where you're sitting, would you just, by your head, close your eyes, just for a moment of privacy for every individual person. Let me ask you two questions. One, this morning you're sitting here and you don't know that Jesus is your Savior. Maybe you didn't know he could be your Savior. But this morning, you're online, you can, in the checkbox, you can call that number on the screen or here in person, you can just listen to me. You've never said yes to Jesus, and this morning, you'd like to invite the Savior of the world to come and transform you from the inside, to place a GPS system, as it were, inside of you. And this morning, you say, Jesus, I'd, I'd like to take that step and that commitment to allow you to become a part of my life, not to be forced or twisted your arm. It's a personal choice we all make. All heads are bowed, eyes closed, watching online. If you've never said yes to him and you'd like to this morning, I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. I'm going to ask you to do a simple thing and just let me know. Hey, Rob, I'd like to make that decision to allow Christ to enter my life. Just slip your hand up and put it down if that's you this morning. Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Never said yes to him, but you'd like to say yes this morning. Thank you. Anybody else? You never said yes. Jesus, I'm going to invite you to transform and change my life today. I'd like all of us in a moment to pray this prayer together with the people who are responding to him because it's about community, right? And so do this with me just right after me. Would you repeat after me? Jesus, save me because I'm a sinner. Please become my Lord and my Savior right now, right here. Jesus, wash my sins away. And make me new. And while you're at it, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I can walk out the journey that you've called me to. Jesus, do with my life whatever you want to do. I am yours and my life is yours. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Keep your head by the second. Would your eyes close? Hey, if you're a believer this morning, you sense that your GPS is out of whack. And it needs to be realigned this morning. You need God to do something fresh in you to allow you to realign his GPS in the center of your life, to allow you to enter into 21, to be sensitive to everything he's called you to. And you know this morning he's stirring you and you'd like to make that commitment this morning. Do me a favor. As a believer, would you stand and go, Lord, I want to make a statement. statement. Thank you. Anyone else, you stand because it's right for you. If you're not standing, don't open your eyes. Don't look up. Don't worry about anybody else. It's really about an individual choice. Abba. Abba, Abba, Abba. There's brothers and sisters who are standing with me because I want my GPS aligned to you and only to you. Lord, I ask you to come and meet them right now where they're at this morning. Both those saying yes to Jesus for the first time and my brothers and sisters asking you to realign their GPS system that we would know exactly what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. Dad, I ask you to come today. I ask you to come and allow the presence and power of who you are to refresh and renew them beyond their wildest imagination that Jesus, today you would do a new thing in them, for them, and through them. Why? Because you love to be with your kids. You want to be a BFF in our life, Lord Jesus, every day, every moment, every second. So I ask you to come and meet us in our moments right now, that, Dad, you would allow us to sense your presence in a fresh way today as we walk things out according to who you are in your precious name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Have a seat a second, guys, would you? Hey, I want to say happy Easter to you, and it's because of what Jesus did for you. I want you to leave this morning and go home, and as you drive home, I'd like you to think about what we talked about today. So because of that, when you turn around to leave, there's fresh... Crispy cream donuts for every single person. <laughs> ah, I want you to take one, take some for your kids downstairs. Please do that. I, I bought hopefully enough for everybody, both in first service and now. Because I, I think we laugh at, and my friend came up, he didn't know he was going to do that. And my friend came up, and we laugh and we think about it. But I know Aaron, Jesus lives in Aaron. And I know whatever price Aaron had to pay for you to get a donut this morning, he would have done it, but it would have went much further than that. He wants you to experience the Jesus that lives in him and allows him to live life freely. And so when you leave this morning, please, I beg you, take a donut. Don't leave it on the table because someone paid for it. Shannon, thank you. Okay, online crowd, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody say happy Easter.